welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel Let's get right to it, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. We coming at you um right after this um Knicks game. In case y'all missed it, the Heat closed it out against New York in game one but with the score of 108-101. to Miami leads the series 1-0. to And what a good game, man. I'm not going to lie with y'all. I wasn't able to watch it from my house, so I was watching at a restaurant. And apparently the commentating was kind of bad. Apparently people was a little annoyed with Doris Burke. It didn't bug me because everyone was talking at that restaurant, so I couldn't hear anything. I was just looking at the play-by-play and just going from there. But, man, it's it looked like a fun game, like especially when we were able to make that comeback because for a second it wasn't looking good, but we were able to cut it to, like, 55-50 in the, by the end of the second quarter. And Miami was really able to turn it on, you know, as we got into that second half. And I just want to, we always talk about Jimmy Butler on this show and always got to give our flowers to him because like usual, he was our leading scorer. He had 25 points today. So shout outs to him for doing the Jimmy Butler things we know he's capable of doing. Um, Hopefully, well, you know what? We know we'll talk about the injury and if he'll play game two as we get give our expectations for game two and everything. But um, that all aside, you know, shout outs to Jimmy, but also shout outs to Gabe Vincent, the man at 20 points today. And he really set the tone at the beginning and he finished the game with five three pointers. You got a guy like Stephen A. Smith saying that he was out here playing like um Steph Curry. So even though Stephen A might not always be the brightest tool in the shed, at least he was willing to give Gabe Vincent his flowers and call him out for being the dog that he is. And aside from that, it was just a great win. Always great to beat New York, especially at the Garden. So that's really how I'm feeling. Uh, how about you, uh, Deem? Bing bong. Um, <laughs> man, I'm feeling I'm feeling good, man. It was a good game. It was a great team effort bro like nobody like jimmy didn't have to do what we thought he was going to have to do like everyone expect jimmy to go and and put up those big numbers like he did against uh milwaukee but it wasn't the case this was a a great team effort shout out to uh to coach ball always i'm going to always give coach ball his flowers because nobody else want to do it but once again this was a, a a great team effort uh Gabe Vincent was on one tonight from the three-pointer uh Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry they was tremendous Kevin Love made some big shots in the second was it the second or third quarter I think it was the third quarter I can't remember but he made some big shots in the third quarter did a good job putting the body on Mitchell Robinson grabbing rebounds the numbers not going to scream out for Kevin Love on how great he was this game but he was tremendous this game. Kyle Lard was also tremendous this game. Um, th- this was like, once again, this was an all-around great team win. Great team win tonight for Miami. Right. How about you, Kev? Man, just echoing the same sentiments that Dean just gave y'all, man. Complete team performance as we've pretty much seen so far in these, what, uh, six games in these playoffs. Um, Gabe Vincent, 
was big time. He kind of came out the gate hitting, kind of struggled towards the back end of the first quarter, but he picked it up just making play after play after play. Uh, Bam was super solid down there, you know, fighting. Um, again, as Dean mentioned, K-Love, man, that third quarter, them outlet passes, honestly, I just think just took all the momentum and drained all the life out of Madison Square Garden. I and mean, when you could do that, you have a great chance because Knicks fans in that arena is just – is something historical about it that just got that that aura about it that's just special. So that was big. You know, Jimmy came alive in the third quarter too. And honestly, man, I, I like us probably in five in this series. Man, I'm not even going to lie to y'all. Um, the Knicks offense is just not trustworthy whatsoever outside of Jalen Brunson. And I know people out there probably thinking, oh, they didn't have Julius Randle. But I'm going to be honest, Julius Randle doesn't really concern me like that because his shot selection just isn't that good. And I've been watching him since he was in high school. He, he's at his best when he, his, bat, his back is to the basket and he's posting up. And we all know that's not really in the NBA fabric nowadays. So all in all, hell of a team performance. You got one on the road, which is always the main job when you're on the road. You got to get one of those first two. You did that. You held it down. Your defense woke up and came alive in that second half. And Kyle Lowry, man, we hear all the noise all regular season, the past couple regular seasons. But come playoff time, obviously he doesn't turn into some great guy like Jimmy, but he definitely knows how to elevate his level of play. And it's been major. Even last year, like, he has some big-time performances. And so, to me, respect Kyle Lowry, man. Defensively, he was on one between guarding Jalen Brunson. Offensively, he had some timely buckets. And just making play after play after play, man. So, salute to Kalo. Um, And, again, man, just a great team win. And let's get the Knicks out of here, man. It's only one game, but I'm liking, I'm liking how we're looking against this team. I agree. And one thing I got to say, which I think is crazy, like we all know how short Kyle Lowry is, but that man, from what I've heard, is averaging like a block a game apparently right now. And that's kind of crazy to think about because obviously, obviously we've always known Kyle for being a pesky defender, but to average a block is crazy. So shout outs to him for continuing to be that dog, even at the age of 37. And Dean, is there anything that you want to add looking back at this game? Um, Yeah, I want to add some real, real quick. Coach Bo just jumped into top five all-time playoff wins. Bro, we got to give this man his fly. I'm going to keep every pot we come on. I'm going to mention Coach Spo name. Give this man his flowers. That's two coaches in the top five. He just passed. I uh, can't remember who it was, but he's in the top five. That's all that matters with 101 all-time playoff wins. Shout out to Coach Spo. There's no way he should not have a Coach of the Year award. Man, screw that award at this point. Because Coach, and you know what? I want to say too much about Coach Budenholzer because, like, He's going through a tough time in case y'all haven't heard, but that man has two Coach of the Year awards and Spoke got zero. That's crazy to think about. Like we've seen all of these coaches get fired and stuff, and they got and they be they'll be get, getting these Coach of the Year awards while Spo still has zero. And he's been on the same team for almost two decades now, three championships and everything. And the man still continues to show his brilliance, you know, throughout you know, throughout not only this playoffs, but throughout his whole coaching career altogether. So big shout-outs to him for always being there when we need him and for being that mastermind that we need to control the squad and help us get these types of games. And, Kevin, is there anything you want to add about what what does, um, what's, what does Rick Ross call him? 
the Lispolstra Nostra. I, I, ain't, I might not be that <laughs> culture, but Kev, what you got to say about him, though? Yeah, man, Spo was incredible. Um, I feel like when we kind of preview these series, not just us, but just sports media in general, a lot of people never really consider the, the coaching matchup. And honestly, 99.9%, let me not even say that, 100% of the coaching matchups in the NBA right now, I favor Spo in because I believe Spo is the best coach in the league. His adjustments are incredible. I think the biggest thing he did in this game one was going to that zone for a little bit. I thought that was huge because we all know the Knicks can't shoot and you let them shoot and they going you put you go into that zone. The zone it forces you to take a lot of shots that you're not comfortable taking. You know what I'm saying? It puts you in different areas and you got to you know different rotations defensively, but I thought that was big. He he didn't even stay in it for that long. I think he probably just did it cuz Duncan was in the game, but it worked. And one of our biggest runs in the game was because Spo went into zone. And it's just little things like that, man. His in-game adjustments the way he maximizes his players. Spoh's a hell of a coach, man. He, like Dean said, top five all-time in playoff wins. That's different, bro. He has triple-digit playoff wins. It's only, like Dean just said, it's only, what, four other guys that can make that claim or five other guys that can make that claim. So shout to him. He's been major. And, again, you know, forget that coach of the year stuff because it don't even matter. We all know at the end of the day what he brings to the table. And if he's your coach, you have a good chance at winning on any given night with any type of talent facts now quick quick thing to say what uh kev just said i always bring up the coaching matchups every this in this last playoff run and this playoff run i always bring up the coaching matchup spo is the best coach left in the playoffs well period it doesn't even matter he's the best coach in the all nba without counting pop because i think he's the greatest coach of all time but anyway there's no coach in, in the NBA playoffs right now, including Steve Kerr, that's better than Spo. I mean, I mean, that's not a hard take. Like, I get why people give Steve Kerr his flowers, but he he's never passing Spo. I'm sorry. Like, shout outs to him for the rings and stuff, but yeah, he, he ain't passing Spo whatsoever. And I think and that's a great point you mentioned, Deem. Like, the only person that you could give their flowers to and maybe come somewhat close to Spo and his greatness is probably a guy like Monty Williams, you know? Like, let's see. Like, look at who we faced so far. Coach Budenholzer, who I don't know. The man might get fired. I don't know. Um, but there's him. Then you have a guy like um now we're now he's coaching against a guy like Thibs who Spo has outcoached many times in the past specifically back during the big three days and we were going against the Bulls in the playoffs. Um, then you look at who we play next. I mean Joe Mazzula who's still kind of new to coaching right now. This is his first time being a head coach. If we were to make it to the conference finals, but I'm not saying it's for sure gonna happen because I don't want to jinx it. You know, so either him or Doc Rivers. And we all know that man is the most overrated coach in NBA history. So there's that. So really, like when you look at it, there really isn't a lot of coaches that are left that can even come close to Spo. Like if you want to put Monty Williams in the discussion, sure. But there's still a gap between those two specifically. So that being said, like, Spo, like that man definitely deserves his flowers. And I think he gets so much hate, especially in the regular season, because we always hear the complaints about, you know, 
why isn't Jimmy in the fourth quarter? You know, like we're down by five and Jimmy still isn't in the game. And it's tough. And I get where people is coming from with it because, you know, you don't want to lose and stuff. But this is what you save Jimmy for so that he has the energy to play 40-something minutes in a game come playoff time. So shout-outs to Spo for just even when all these people are talking their talk, like he knows what he's doing. And it might confuse us because we can be a bit stubborn as fans and, you know, feel like even, even though we're not coaches and even though we might not have the IQ of someone like Spo will still try to say what we feel like is right for the team. But one thing with Spo is that he's always going to trust his gut and it's always going to help this team. And whether if it's with, you know, sitting Jimmy for those regular season games so that he'd have the engine for the playoffs or whatever stuff he even does when he's on his, um, when he's drawing stuff up on that board for his team, when it's time to come up with a good play, that man is always ready and, that's what makes this team so dangerous. The fact that you have a coach like Spo who's able to utilize these guys and have and, and, and is able to turn any player into a useful weapon, whether if they're from the G League or if they're an NBA superstar altogether. So, yeah, man, like I just got to give my flowers to Spo as well. And before we like move on, is there anything else that y'all want to add or maybe something else from this game that you feel like we got to acknowledge? Yeah, I just want to say when it comes to Spo, just within the Jimmy tenure, the what four years Jimmy's been here now, Nate McMillan has been fired from both the Indiana Pacers and the Atlanta Hawks. And as Joe just mentioned, Mike Budenholzer is more than likely going to get fired too. And I'm not going to go too in on Mike Budenholzer. I know he lost his brother after game four. Rest in peace. We're praying for him. But just think about that. He got a coach in Nate McMillan fired from two different destinations. And he's probably going to get another coach fired soon after this. So that should tell you everything you need to know about Spo, man. Right. And that's – and you know what? I, and like I said before, you know, it's it's tough because we hear a lot of people mention how this fan base is spoiled. And I'm not going to lie. It is a true statement because how often do you hear a fan base go after a coach that's arguably one of the greatest this game has ever seen? Like, <laughs> No, you, I'm going to tell you what it is because some people in this fan base isn't that smart. That's what it is. There's no way Spoh should take, ever take any heat. Yes, it's times where he might have a bad coaching game. So what? He can have a bad coaching game. Players have bad nights. But for people to say that Coach Spo should be fired or he's just this horrible coach, they're just they just idiots. Like that's just let's just keep it plain and simple. They're idiots. Right. Like I feel like almost every team in the NBA would probably fire their coach if it meant they would have a chance to get Eric Spolster. That's the thing. Like we know how great he is, and any team in this league would do anything they could. Any possible thing they could do, they would do it just to get that man as their coach. And I feel like as fans, we just need to be grateful for that because what we're witnessing from him is greatness. And I just feel like – and I'm just glad we're doing this type of pod because we've acknowledged Spoh's greatness in the past and especially in our most recent pods. But I don't think we've ever really went in on this as deep as we are in this episode specifically. So, man, shout-outs to Spoh. And I'm definitely glad we're taking this time to really give that man his flowers. 
So is there anything else that y'all want to acknowledge from this game? You know, as we're taking a deeper dive into it, like anything that caught y'all's eye that you feel like we should talk about? Yes. Uh, one thing, since we on a topic of coaches, uh, Tibbs did a horrible job. Like, you know, Lola just mentioned, Tibbs did a horrible job. There was no way possible should you got to injured Jimmy Butler and you don't attack him. I mean, I'm I'm happy they didn't. But that just goes to show you, like, there's no way. Like, you got to take advantage of that. Like, Jimmy got hurt at, at, the, at the six minute mark or whatever. And he just standing there, like, literally just standing there. You, you, it should have been a pick set to where, though, Jalen Brunson, Jimmy is guarding Jalen Brunson. I'm sorry, where Jimmy is guarding, guarding Jalen Brunson, and Jalen Brunson is attacking Jimmy. That's what I thought was going to happen. Obviously, that's you no know, common sense, but it it didn't happen. I, I don't know why. Like, and then on the offensive end, they had Jimmy just wide. Like he just he just sitting there in the corner. He just he couldn't move in the, in the uh in the fourth quarter in the last five minutes. Like he couldn't move. Why are why aren't you taking advantage of that? Like it's it's just common sense to me. Like this is what I mean. Why like none of these coaches left. And the NBA playoffs is on par with Coach Bo. Like, that was just idiotic to me. But, I'm, hey, it went in our favor, and I'm happy. I'm not going to complain about it. Right. And I want to go too deep into – well, do, do you guys want to talk about um, the Jimmy injury? Because – so apparently something – I'm I was just looking through Twitter to see if there was anything about that. And um, one thing that interestingly came up on my TL was apparently – Kyle Lowry had something that he had to say about it. So he was just joking and saying that, oh, you know, Jimmy was acting like he got shot, you know, when he got hurt. And, you know, in other words, he was just being a little over dramatic. But at the same time, Jimmy does go out and say that he doesn't think he's rolled. He, he personally believes he hasn't rolled his ankle this bad in a very long time. So I don't know, man. That's that is concerning to hear because you never want to hear something like that. Um, now we were talking about this before the pod and obviously we won game one and it's always important to steal one of the first two games because, you know, home court, because you then have home court advantage to yourself. So I want to know, like looking into game two, would y'all be fine if Jimmy was to sit out because you hear this type of response from him and it looks like it's probably going to have to be necessary. Like, what do you think? We'll start off with you, Kev. Yeah, man, I wouldn't mind it. Um, you know, Jimmy's a warrior. He probably more than likely is going to try and play through it, but the medical staff might stop him, which, again, I wouldn't mind just because technically we did what we're supposed to do. And I know, like, Spo, and I think the same way, you want to win every game. Like, to me, every game is a must-win game, but – we should be feeling pretty confident in this matchup to get the job done. And say even if we lose, I mean, we go back home, and I, I, I'm confident we take both them games. So it really just comes down to how his ankle feels, you know, towards game time. I don't think they're going to rule him out, you know, tomorrow. I think they're just going to wait and see literally until the last minute before tip-off to see how it's feeling. So I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. Jimmy's a warrior. I've said it before, I've, I've seen him take worse ankle injuries than that. Like, yeah, his ankle did touch the floor, but I've seen it <laughs> damn near go even further than that. So we'll see. Again, I wouldn't mind it. It's, 
it's unfortunate just because the playoffs have kind of been low-key riddled with injuries, and especially with the way that he's been playing and how much he means to our team because, you know, he's just that guy. But, again, I wouldn't mind it, man. If it's for the best, again, we, we have a big break between game two and game three. So don't take a chance on it. Don't risk it if it's that serious. Right. And just to um quickly chime in on that, I mean, I saw a video after the game, which made me laugh, is the fact that, even though he's injured, that man is still out there, like, practicing, um, you know, that corner three shot. Like, there was that type of video someone posted. And that just shows how it is with Jimmy. And you said it best, Kevin. Like, that man is a whole warrior and everything. And, you know, I, I know I said something that sounded concerning. But I also just saw another tweet where apparently he's in the locker room right now. I'm listening to Morgan Wallen, and he doesn't seem in too much discomfort. So, that's also great here as well. So just to kind of balance out the bad news with some good news as well. Um, but Dean, how about you though? Um, I wouldn't. I, I think Jimmy's going to play game two, but I wouldn't mind if he set game two. But obviously, I think he's going to play. Uh, maybe it is. It is bad. We don't know. Is I guess the reports will come out tomorrow or whatever. But if he did, the reason why I don't mind if he sit game two because if he did he have almost a week rest. You know, the next game, the next, the next game is, I think Saturday game three is Saturday. So, you know, that's almost a week rest. That's, you know, close to a week. That's what, seven days, six days, whatever. So I wouldn't mind if he did rest, but I think he plays. Listen, to be honest, I actually want Jimmy to play. Like I love watching playoff Jimmy play basketball. So I would want him to play, but I wouldn't mind if he did rest. Listen, The, the Knicks haven't really got a taste of playoff Jimmy yet. Yes, he had a good game. He had like 25 or and 5 or whatever, but he didn't really explode like a lot of people thought he was. And that's that's kind of, listen to how crazy that sound. The man had a great game tonight. He had 25 points. And it seemed like it was a quiet 25, I believe. Right. It seemed like it, it was it was quiet, but it it's just because we all expect him to go and, and get 37 or 56 and 40. I'm sorry. He had 25 and 11. I'm just looking at the box score now. He had 25 points, 11 rebounds, and four assists. And it's not it's like we just brushing it off our shoulders like, oh, you know, Jimmy had a good – he had an okay game. No, he had a great game. Like, that is a great game. But we all expect him to go get 46 and 57. That just tell you how great he is. But, listen, I want him to play – because I love watching them play basketball, especially in the playoffs, but I wouldn't mind if he didn't play. Right. And, you know, a good point mentioned, you know, we got Lola in our, um, just listening in, and she mentions the fact that we have a big gap between game two and game three. Like, we're playing game two Tuesday, and then we don't play again until Saturday, I believe. So that alone is a good enough time for Jimmy to just sit back and relax as the series will shift back to Miami. So I just wanted to quickly put that out. And that's also, you know, a pro, you know, if you were to have Jimmy sit out that game too. But another thing to mention, like, Dean, you brought up a great point. Because if you look at that 25 points, I think that's tied for his lowest um, his lowest points in a playoff game so far, in this run specifically. Because I think he had 25 in the game two loss against Milwaukee. So... That's just impressive to think about the fact that, like you said, we hold him up to such high standards because that's just what he does with himself. Like, 
for him to have 56 in game five and then he has 42 come, you know, he has 56 in game four and then follows it up with 42 in game five. Like, it's just Jimmy Butler things, man. And, you know, he might not acknowledge the fact that playoff Jimmy exists, but we all know it's real and we have never seen someone rise in the playoffs the way how he does. And with the injury, I mean, depending on the severity of it, hopefully it's not that bad. Um, we, I, I, Jimmy to me is kind of like PJ Tucker when it comes to the injuries, at least come playoff time, where you know, there was the whole joke last year with PJ how even though he'd get hurt and suffer some sort of injury, he would always tell Spo, like, regardless of what the injury looked like, he was gonna play next game. He always had that type of mentality, and we know Jimmy is that same type of guy, too. So, you know, I really, I really just want to see whatever happens. And whatever the Heat and Jimmy does, like, it's cool. Because if he chooses to play game two and he feels like he has the strength for it, by all means, go for it. However, at the same time, we're not stressing, you know. Just sit this one out. Hopefully the other guys can step up. But at the end of the day, we won game one. All we got to do is just go back to game three, go for games three and four in Miami, which won't be until Saturday. And just take care of business, protect home court. And if we can do that, we we have a three one lead. You know, if if we were to lose game two, hopefully that does not happen. Knocked on wood, just not. So with that all being said, let's look into this game three real quick. I mean, yo, I'm already looking ahead. That's crazy. Let's look at this game two real quick because obviously things might change. Um, first of all, we don't know if Jimmy is going to play. Another thing is going to be Julius Randle. Maybe he'll play. Maybe he won't. I know a lot of Knicks fans are feeling themselves saying that they were still able to play a solid game even without him. So, And I get it because obviously when you're missing one of your all-stars, you're going to feel a certain way if you're if you're still able to push a team to a certain limit. But I just want to know, like, what are y'all's expectations as we get ready for this game, too? And what do you think is going to happen? We'll start off with you, Dean. Um, obviously, game two. I, listen, I said it before, I said it for, you know, a couple days now. When well, I said it for a week when Miami was up against uh, uh, Milwaukee. I think Miami is going to sweep the Knicks, period. I, I just don't think the Knicks have... Listen, they're a good team. Yes, they beat Miami in the regular season, two to one, three to one, whatever. But this is not the regular season. This is the playoffs. Spo is going to kill Tibbs in the coaching matchup. That's for one. For two, when Miami was down, I believe 13, 13 or whatever, 14 points in the second half, I feel like the Knicks did, like, they didn't do anything great. Like, I wasn't worried about it. They didn't do anything great. Now again, we did a great job with with stopping uh Brunson in the paint, Go, like getting to his spot. You no, know, Brunson is a is a swifty guy. Like he's really quick. He's shifty. He can kick in that gear and get to that next level and and get an easy bucket inside the paint. Miami did a great job stopping that. Now I don't believe the Knicks is going to shoot this poor again from the free from the three point line. I'm sorry, they shot seven for thirty one which is 21%. I believe they only made two shots, two three-pointers in the first half. I believe it was only two or three three-pointers in the first half. They're obviously going to shoot better than that. I don't think they're going to continue to shoot this poorly. But 
I, I just don't see it. I, I just don't see how great the, the Knicks is. Like, yeah, they're a good team, whatever. They beat the Cavs, but I don't think they have enough to beat Miami. They also had 13 turn, turnovers, and and they out-rebounded Miami by 10 rebounds. Like, they had 10 more rebounds in Miami, and it's like it just doesn't feel like it. Like, it, it's just like it, it doesn't feel like it. The, the game, the score was close. Miami lost by seven. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Miami won by seven, but it just – it. To me, I feel like it was a bigger win. Like the score didn't, the score doesn't show how bad Miami beat them. In my opinion, like that's just my opinion. Right. Like, I just, I just don't see where the Knicks was was great at. I mean, besides the the rebounds, like they out rebounded Miami by ten, and Mitchell Robinson did it. Mitchell Robinson did a great job with uh, with protecting the paint. Like it, like it was times players were scared to to drive in the paint when he was down there. He's a great defender. You know, he protects the paint a good job, but I just don't see where the Knicks get a win in this series at all. Right. And I just got to say, and I've said it before, Dean, your character development this season has been amazing. <laughs> like, who would have thought that Dean, like you of all people, would hop on a pod and say that the Heat was going to sweep a second round series? Like, did you even imagine yourself saying that at one point this season? Like, I got to know. No, absolutely not. I did not. I I was, I did not. But listen, it is what it is. We're here, bro. Like, whatever I said in a regular season, I said it. Yes, I didn't think Miami was a great team in a regular season. And I still believe they have their flaws. I thought they was going to get smacked on by Milwaukee. They didn't. I've never been more happy. But who cares? I'm no longer talking about the regular season. We're here now. We're in the playoffs. We're in the second round. Like, we're here now. So, and that goes for anybody. who Anybody's out. Like, I just don't understand Heat fans. They're, you know, they're mad because other Heat fans fan different or or they they thought, like, we had different thoughts than other people. So what? We're here now. We're on our, we on a journey to our fourth championship. So let's all get together and let's root for this team to get their fourth championship. That's it. Amen, man. Like I said, I love it, Deem. I love it because it really shows how how far we've come this season. The fact that we were able to go from that to this. So I, I love this type of Deem, man. So it makes me happy to see it. And uh, Kevin, how about you? What's your expectations for game two? Man, we should beat these dudes. Like, I just got to keep saying, they don't have any real offense out of Jalen Brunson. It's a reason that we made the adjustment in the second half to pack the paint and make Jalen Brunson pass the ball because he's only really effective within the paint. And he can kill you with his playmaking too, but the problem is they just don't have the shooters. They had seven threes and – hold on, I'm looking at it right here. They only hit seven threes out of 34. And we all know the only three Emmanuel quickly hit was a lucky bank off the glass one that should not have even gotten in. Then you got one from Quentin Grimes. And a couple others like this team just can't shoot at all. And so, if Julius comes back, I'm actually rooting for that because I don't trust in Julius Randle whatsoever. Um, I've seen Bam play great defense on him historically. Yeah, he had that big time game the last time we played them in Miami, but we all know the regular season is very different, you know, um, against the playoffs. So, we should win this game, bro. Um, just just stay stay solid, like. Like kind of what Lola said too in the chat, and I said this, I tweeted it earlier, I deleted it, but if these games are going to be low scoring, which they are because neither one of us are like great juggernaut offensive teams, I trust the Heat to win that every single time because didn't we lead the league in clutch games this year, if I'm not mistaken? We've been in these scenarios a million different times. And so 
I'm not going to flinch at all. Even when they had that, that big lead, I think they led by like 12 at one point. I wasn't worried at all because I know the Knicks offense is not what people think it is. And, and when they're having and on those runs, it's mostly because the, the crowd behind them and at MG is gassing them up and pumping up. They're, they're, they're playing off pure adrenaline. It's not like they're just pure hoopers like that. Like they, they got a couple guys, but if they're not getting consistent production out of like Quentin Grimes or Emmanuel quickly, I don't trust them whatsoever. So game two, we should get this W. Um, hopefully Jimmy's feeling better. And, you know, let, let's get these dudes out of here, bro. Let's not play with our food. We're too <laughs> – we're way too we're, – we're just better than this team, bro. A lot of people, they put too much stock in the regular season, but they don't understand that this team has been to the NBA Finals. This team has been to the Eastern Conference Finals. This Knicks core, as of right now, the only guy that's had real playoff success is Jalen Brunson. And even him, he only won one round last year with the Mavericks with Luka out, and they barely won that. So, I mean, to me – or excuse me, they got to the Western Conference Finals. Let me chill. I'm tripping right now. But my point is, outside of that, though, none of these guys have had that playoff experience. Julius Randle hasn't been there before like that. R.J. Barrett, same thing. These guys lost to Trey Young in five games a few years ago. So – I'm not worried about this team whatsoever. I think a lot of people took that Cavaliers series and went crazy because they beat a Cavaliers team that had less experience than them. You know, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen provided zero spacing. Mitchell Robinson punked them. Um, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland had no room to operate with. But even on the other end, Jalen Brunson was going right at them. So, man, let's get these dudes out of here, bro. If we sweep them, that would be pleasant. Um, I'd probably give them a game just to be generous. but. I wouldn't be surprised if we sleep in all game two. Just stay locked in. And again, every fourth quarter, we're going to be right there. And it's just like the, the Milwaukee series. Just stay in the game and we're going to win. I have no problem with that. I have no concerns with that. Right. And I just want to like ask, so, you know, and so, and I agree with you, but I just want to know, does, does your opinion stay the same? Like, even if Jimmy doesn't play or do you, do you view it differently? Like, I just didn't know if you were, I'm saying what you were saying with the mindset that Jimmy was going to sit this one out or. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that I was going to clarify that, but even without him, it'll definitely be tough, but I still like our chances, man. But I mean, we all know what Jimmy provides, right? It's not a, it's a reason that even after he got hurt, Spoke kept him in the game. Like he, I mean, you could have gone somewhere else, but it just Kyle Lowry said it in the post game press conference that he's just a great decoy. Even with him not having the ball in his hands, the Knicks still have to play him honestly, and that's just that. So we'll see. I mean, without him, I still like our chances, bro. Like, again, this Knicks team, they just don't move me, bro, because the offense, again, is non-existent outside of Jalen Brunson. Julius Randle, his his pros and cons, they weigh the same amount. So you you don't really know what you're going to get out of him. Some nights he'll go for 30, and some nights he'll go for 30 on 40 shots. So we'll see, man. I'm not... I'm not too worried about this team at all, to be honest. Love to hear that. And Deem, I know you had something you want to add. Yeah, um, I agree with what uh what Kev said. Where you know, if the game is close, every I think every game is going to be close. If the game is close in the fourth quarter, five minutes left, either Miami's up five or the Knicks up five. There's going to come down to once again. I'm going to keep on saying this, and I'm never going to stop saying this. It's going to come down to the coaching is going to come down to that clipboard and there's no way with five minutes to go up five or down five is Tibbs going to out coach Bo. Like it's just not going to happen. Yes. I do agree. Every game is going to be close. 
Um, even if Jimmy plays, I mean, I'm sorry, even if Jimmy doesn't play, I still don't think this Knicks team has what it take. No, I'm not going to say the Knicks team doesn't have what it take because these are great players. I mean, Jalen Brunson is a great player. Um, RJ Barrett, shout out to Duke. He's a blue devil. I love him. I love his game. I always loved his game. I just don't think, you know, like I always say, even in regular season, I believe these two teams are somewhat identical, but where they defer is once again the coaching, the culture, the coaching, the culture. Like that's where they defer at. I just don't think the Knicks has what it take. And I don't think they can just ride on Jalen Brunson to get them to four wins against this Miami team. So it's just, listen, if Jimmy don't go, I still think we're going to win. Like I said, I I got Miami in four. I wouldn't be surprised if they did get one win. So, you know, it is what it is. But I don't think this Knicks team has what it takes to beat Miami. Right. And, you know, that I agree with everything that you guys have said. And before I go in it, um, Kevin, is there anything that you want to add or? Hating five, man. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and I know Adin, you already said what you guys are saying. I love it. Key and four. And like I said, the character development with you has been great. For me personally, I I have the same expectations as you guys. Like if Jimmy plays, even if Julius Randle is able to hop in for this game, I personally would expect the Heat to win this. And even if Jimmy doesn't play, it is gonna be a bit of a dogfight. And but hopefully this allows other guys to step up, you know. Um I know we have not been in a situation yet where Jimmy has missed a game. The only time where it seemed close to it was when he sat out the remainder of that game three against the Bucks, but that didn't really matter because we were blowing them out. But this is a good time for other players to step up, and I have faith in them. Um, hopefully, in a situation where Jimmy can't play, hopefully we see big games from Bam, and we can continue to see other role players step up whether if it's Gabe Vincent again, Max Struess, and, um, you know, Kyle Lowry, who, you know, we've seen him play good tonight, and we've seen it in during that Buck series as well. So as long as our squad is stepping up and making it known that, you know, while Jimmy is a great player, we also got other dogs on this team that can step up for those big moments, even if, and, you know, knock on wood yet again, even if Jimmy Butler is to miss this game, like we're we're still gonna be good regardless. So, like like we said before, if Jimmy chooses to play, that's great. Obviously, you want him there, but we respect his decision regardless. So, even if he chooses not to, that's cool. Hopefully, we get the win. And if not, we'll just go to back to Miami, which won't be all the way until Saturday, and we'll just try to protect home court. Aside from that, do any of you guys have something you want to add before we call this an episode? Man, Heat and four, Heat and five, doesn't matter. Uh, Rick Ross is a better rapper than Biggie Smalls. Wrong <laughs> on that. And, and, wrong. And, and and what is a chopped cheese, by the way? Somebody explain to me it's that. Not hidden. Chopped cheese. Them boys is not hidden at all. Heat and Heat and five. Get him out of here. Bing bong, all that goofy stuff. Miss me with that, man. Heat and five, Eric Spolster, Jimmy Butler, the rest of the gang. Y'all going to feel the heat. Madison Square Garden. <laughs> y'all won't see the second round for a long time after this one. So enjoy, and, enjoy it while y'all can. And and Trick Daddy's a better rapper than Pop Smoke. Dang, man. We ain't we ain't have to throw on Pop Smoke. R.I.P. Pop Smoke, man. R.I.P. Smoke. Yeah, like, but the Knicks about to get smoked. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's a good way to put it. Like, you know, I I, I listen to Pop Smoke too much, so I want to, you know, get him involved. But, yeah, let's try to get the Knicks smoked, man. And, you know, you said Rick Ross. I know there was that whole picture trending of him in the Knicks gear, so I don't know how to really feel about him anymore. But, yeah, shout-out to Trick Daddy, though. So, Because we know he's still, you know, Miami-bound and everything. So, aside from that, that's basically about it. Um, And that was, that's basically it from you guys, correct? I'll take the silence as yes. Yes, sir. All right. So, with that being said, man, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast. Follow Deem at BLDeem. Follow Kevin at um, Kevo Mufasa7. That's two O's in Kevo. And make sure to follow me at JoelKJacob underscore. And most importantly, make sure to follow Heat versus the World on all platforms at HVTW Podcast. And make sure y'all subscribe to our YouTube channel at Heat versus the World, where you can get access to all of our Miami Heat content, whether if it is our podcast episodes, um, episodes of Biscayne Breakdown, along with our Dolphins versus the World content too. You do not want to miss it. And then also feel free to check out our website at hvtwpodcast.wordpress.com. We got great articles headed your way, especially from our guy, Kay. He just dropped an article earlier today, so make sure y'all check it out if you haven't. But aside from that, man, you know, I'm feeling good. Miami Heat, let's keep this going. Let's keep getting these wins. We only need 11 more wins for a championship, and we got the guy to do it in Jimmy Butler. So let's keep this going, and let's just keep winning, man. Aside from that, y'all, I'm feeling good. Hope y'all have a great Sunday, and hit that music because we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.